Have you noticed how many times the word fear not shows up in the Christmas story? Fear not. I mean, if you have a, an angel appearing in front of you, you'd probably be somewhat stressed, I would think. But you see, in this whole uh, message that God is giving to us, he's revealing himself to us, and his message is fear not. The um, a year ago, my wife and I, in the summer, we were walking along the Sheep River, and we came across a woman who was walking her dog, and we get talking with her. At that time, the whole uh, concern was about mandates and the uh, lockdowns and so forth. And she was quite concerned, and she was trying to take, you know, talking about different steps she was going to take to deal with this. And I made a comment to her about how would you like to be in the midst of all of this and be totally alone? At this, she started to cry. You see, a lot of people don't know how to, don't have the resources to cope. They're afraid. And loneliness is a very uh, real thing. We talked with her further and prayed. And you see, the thing is that this Christmas season, the main uh, message that's coming across to us is that we're not alone. God is with us. In Matthew chapter 1, 18, in this passage, it's, uh, it's the story that we read earlier. We understand that there was a Joseph and Mary, they were supposed to be getting married. All of a sudden, Mary discovers that she's pregnant. They're going, like, how can this be? During the, during the engagement or the betrothal in that, at that time, the, uh, they would have a formal uh, engagement party and they'd make the announcement and there'd be about a year to, to take place until they finally uh, married and move in with Joseph and his home. They'd become a husband and wife. And it was during this period, if there was anything that uh, came up, you could annul the, uh, the engagement, but uh, depending on the circumstances, there could be a lawsuit involved and so forth. So it was really a big thing for, uh, for Mary to make this announcement. So Joseph is uh, pondering this and saying, well, I guess I'll have to divorce her. And he chooses to do it quietly because he did not want her to uh, be the subject of a scandal. Of course, at that time, we know that uh, an angel appears to Joseph in the night and gives him a message in his dream. And it's the, uh, it's this message that really um, gets our attention. Now dreams, frequently God used dreams to communicate to people. Like in the Old Testament, you've got dreams that Joseph had, and even with Pharaoh. You've got Abraham and, and his dealings with uh, the dreams and, and also the Pharaoh of his day. And it's, uh, it was a common method that God used to get his message across. And the first thing that the uh, angel says is that Joseph was not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife. You know, he's going like, okay, we've got this situation, like how do I handle this? There's gonna be some uh, social, um, social uh, response to this. But the angel said, no, this is basically something that God is doing through the Holy Spirit. So don't be afraid. Follow through. He also told her, told him that uh, 
Mary would have a son and that they're going to call him Jesus. And this son was going to have a great purpose on his life. It says he's going to be saving his people from their sins. You remember in um, John chapter 1 where John the Baptist, when he sees Jesus, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus had a purpose, and it was being announced right from the beginning. This thing about saving, it's, uh, it's something he was going to do. He was going to die for the sins of the people. But he was also uh, making it possible for us to escape from the, the penalty of, and the consequences of sin. He wants us to experience salvation. It's not just something that's done uh, legally. And he says, for those who turn, who believe in Jesus and turn away from their sin, they shall be saved from the wrath of the judgment to come, as well as the effects. In Exodus 34, verses uh, 6 to 7, God is speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, and he's giving him the Ten Commandments for the second time. And he says to Moses, I'm going to show myself to you. I think it's very revealing about the heart and the nature of God. He says, "My name, I am the Lord, the Lord. I am the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. He's compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, and he's very, very faithful. He says he maintains love to thousands and forgiving, and he forgives wickedness, rebellion, and sin. He's forgiving. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished, and he punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and the fourth generation. This thing about the uh, forgiving, he forgives our wickedness or our iniquities. That inner character, that intentional uh, desire within us to twist what God says is right and true. We have that, that within our, our very nature, and God will forgive that. Our rebellion or our transgressions, where we have willful disobedience, we want to do things our way, God will forgive that. And then there's actually sin, which is missing the mark what God wants for us to do. He forgives. So he's compassionate, he's gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, and forgiving. And because of that, he reached into the world, and Jesus was born. And it was all to fulfill what was uh, said by the prophet back in Isaiah 7, 14. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The scripture talks about this birth, or this birth of Jesus and mentions that he was going to be born in Bethlehem. He was going to, uh, given in Micah chapter 5, and it's also in Isaiah 53, talks about uh, this, Jesus was going to be born and he was going to be uh, suffering and going to die for the sins of the people. But it's, uh, 
And it's not, so it's not something that just came up. It was something that was long planned. God had this in his heart to do for a very long time. And now we have Jesus in our midst. And this thing, this uh, promise that God with us, we're not alone. Do you find that a comforting thought? You know, without that reality, we're alone. We're alone in a very difficult world. A world where there's evil, there's darkness, there's suffering, there's despair. And it's, uh, and going through that with our own resources can be very, very, uh, very, very hard. And it's this uh, promise that God gave to us that he is with us to fulfill all that he had communicated earlier. In John chapter 1.14, he writes that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we, that is John and the others that were with him, beheld his glory and the glory of the only begotten of the Father. He was full of grace and truth. So because of this, we need not fear. We fear death. We can have forgiveness for our sins. We can stand against all evil that might come against us. And we know that we're never alone. In Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. In Hebrews 13, talks about, quoting Deuteronomy, where it's uh, stated that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He's with us. As long as we've opened our hearts up to him and allowed him into our lives, that makes the connection. I was reflecting on this passage and what came to mind was a story of, uh, of a lady that my wife and I met about a year ago, and, uh, actually we met her two years ago, but it's on the island of Rose, Greece. And we got to know her, a very lovely young lady. And she, uh, you know, she, we talked about spiritual things. She was raised Greek Orthodox. And uh, so she knew all about God, she knew the Bible stories. And, you know, she went to church periodically. But I asked her, well, do you really know God personally? You know about Jesus, do you have a close relationship with him? And she really didn't. So after a while, she, in, in sharing with her, she decided to pray and ask Jesus into her heart. And, and she had, in, in, had information in her head, but not in her heart. So she did that, and I started to see some real changes in her as she as we continue the relationship. As we're coming up in this last year, coming up to summer, uh, I think it was June 21st, which is the summer equinox, as we were approaching that, we uh, had, a, you know, we had uh, coffee with her and, and we were talking, and I just felt I should share with her uh, the verse in James 4, 7, which talks about submitting yourself to God, resisting the devil, and he will flee. I just felt we should share that with her. And so we talked about that a bit and we left. Coming back about a week later, we met with her and she had, she said, sit down, I've got something to tell you. And it, but this is the story that she told us. She said, on that evening of uh, June 21st, at 3 a.m., she woke up and she frequently did it at that time. And she felt it was a very dark 
evil presence in her room. And she was scared spitless. You see, 17 years ago, she said she was, when she was a teenager, and she was uh, just being a normal teenager and studies, and she'd go to church and everything. One morning, she's reading at 3 a.m., and this dark figure appeared in her room. And she went at the foot of her bed, and she thought, what is this? And it, you know, she hid under the covers and hoping this thing would go away. Uh, eventually it did, but it left her terrified. And she said for the last 17 years, every morning at 3 a.m., she would wake up with fear because of this encounter. And she said this was no different, except this time his presence was there, and it came over by her bed and looked at her. And she was so terrified, she said she couldn't move. All she could do was in her, in her heart say, God, you are with me. Jesus, you are with me. And as she continued to do that, her heart that was racing started to calm down, and eventually she felt much more at peace. At that point, this thing, whatever it was, left. She looked at the clock on her dresser, and it was 3.17 in the morning. And I think that's significant, because for 17 years, at 3 o'clock in the morning, she'd been tormented by fear. And in sharing this, uh, this story with us, she said, you know, before this, I knew that God was with me. She knew that in her head. She says, now I know He's with me. He's in her heart. And she said, since then, she slept like a baby every night, no more fear. And you see, that's the truth of God with us. It's Christ in us as we ask him into our hearts. He's there with us. His presence is there. His peace is there. And when we, no matter what we encounter, whatever fears we encounter, we can stand firm in the reality that we're not alone. He's with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. So as we look at the, at the uh, message of Emmanuel, God with us, just keep that in mind. And keep us the thought that no matter what you encounter, uh, we can um, turn to him who is always with us.